When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back with another episode of your favorite Celtics podcast. That's right, it's us, Causeway Street Blog, and we're here to talk about, of course, the big trade that happened with Isaiah Thomas. We'll be breaking that down in this edition of Causeway Street. We're also going to talk about Sullinger and how he's going to be out for the season and what that means to the Celtics' playoff chances. Also, we got plenty on the table, guys. So Dutra went on a, a tirade on Twitter two days ago, defending uh, <laughs> Marcus Cousins. And how much he, how great of a player he is, and how much he would love to see him in a Celtics uniform. So we'll be talking about that because it got me thinking: what if Danny Ainge is actually thinking about reuniting Thomas with his old friend back in Sac- from Sacramento and Boogie? And, and Boogie. So we'll, we'll be talking about that whole scenario. Also, uh, to the guy that Joel refers to as uh, number twenty, who are we talking about? We're talking about Ray Allen and the chances Walter. that he may not play again and that he may be retiring. What does that mean for his legacy? What does that mean? For his, you know, his how he's gonna be remembered in Boston, good and, riddance, and what we what, what we can look back and say about our former uh, champion Walter, Walter and, and, and Ray Allen. So we'll be talking about that towards the end of the show. But uh, joining us via cell phone, via satellite, via satellite, he right couldn't right. make it in today. I guess it, uh, he couldn't throw us into his plans on, on a Sunday afternoon. Is uh, Ducha via what's up, guys? via cell phone? What's up, Ducha? What's going on? Yeah, we probably wouldn't have. You're right because yeah. who, honestly, between the, the both of us, who gives a shit? Because <laughs> seeing a bunch of cars make left turns for four hours is just not the way I like to spend my Sunday afternoon. Especially on like the oh, warmest man. Sunday in like oh, a month. <laughs> Wait until I've already told Play I'm gonna buy his ticket and then I buy his booze and I'm gonna drive him up to New Hampshire to watch the NASCAR race. And then you tell me you're not a NASCAR fan. I don't know, dude. It's gonna, you're gonna take a, it's gonna take a lot of convincing for, for you to do that. I mean, this this summer, I mean, there's a lot of things to do out there besides go go to a race up in New Hampshire. But I I may or may not take you up on that offer. I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence about it. I don't know why it's so uncommittal. But anyway, let's talk about this topic. Huge trade. Huge trade. Huge trade. And because of how how Danny pulled it off the last hour of the trade deadline, he also didn't give up much for the uh, you know 20 point score that Thomas can be. And also, he pulled off a deal that, you know, you, you give up, what, Marcus Thorin, you give up a, a future draft pick, you get a, a guard who, who not only has a, has a very uh, team-friendly contract, but also is a guy who you can, you can consider a piece for the future. What do you, what do you think about him in the backcourt um, playing alongside Marcus Smart and, and Avery Bradley? Is that, a, is, that a good, is that a good enough backcourt to, to compete in the East? What do you think? Yeah, I love the backcourt. I, well, first off, I love the trade. I mean, 
when can you get a guy who is signed to a team-friendly deal for basically an older, worse person of himself in a first-round pick that's going to be nothing? Right. Yeah, that's true. People, I, I've, I've been, you know, hearing the, the Twitter chatter of like, oh, they, people wish that Danny didn't give up uh, a 2016 first round draft pick, but that's that's this is from the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you know whether yeah, you believe the Cleveland Cavaliers are gonna like you know go far or not, like it's gonna be a low draft pick. It's gonna be like in the 20s, so it's right. like you don't give up much. And, and you still have your draft pick. Yeah. You still have. Brooklyn's draft pick, yep. the most valuable draft picks out of that draft, and then you know what? You could easily have. I mean, I mean, technically, you're probably going to cash in on the Rondo deal this year, but you know what? You still have the chance of getting the Timberwolves draft pick next year too, if it's over 14. I mean, they have they had four first round, draft, actually possibly five first round draft picks next year, if the whole protection thing works out. And they only have one this year. They could have had five last year, next year. So I'm all about trading that away and making sure you get an upgrade on your on your bench, which probably moving to a starter role with Isaiah Thomas. I love the trade. I absolutely love the trade because he signed long term. He's, he's the exact opposite of Bradley and Smart that you have in your backcourt right now. You know, you have two defensive-minded point guards, uh, shooting guard situation. I mean, can you imagine next year when you have Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, James Young, all playing at the same time? That's going to be a great uh, offensive small ball lineup. I, I love, 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 love the trade. Yeah, that's the first thing that came into my mind when the trade happened. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the the state of our backcourt is is pretty. You know, the rotation, the backcourt rotation is solidified right now. You got Thomas, you got Bradley, you got Smart. As like your your quote unquote Celtics three headed monster in the backcourt, and then you got James Young who's going to develop with his you know ten to twelve minutes a game for at least the, the remainder of the season, and and we'll see how he progresses from that point on. You know next season in the year after that, I mean your depth chart in the backcourt is is you know making a, a great step in the right direction, and you don't have to necessarily worry about you know bringing in another guard during the off season. Now it's just you know you look look towards the front court, right? Now you just get a big man. Right. That's it. That's, that's, all you, mean, that's your main concern now. I think that, okay, here's my first. At point A is that Isaiah Thomas is going to be what the Celtics need because there's not a lot of teams that are looking for offense, you know, around the league. A lot of, a lot of teams have, have their superstar, have their offensive go-to, which the Celtics really don't, you know? I mean, other than Sullinger, which is – at best, a 15, 16 points per game person, you don't have your guy that's going to be looking to make baskets, you know? I think Isaiah Thomas has got a bad rap because Sacramento, Timmy Marcus Thornton were going at it, along with Boogie Cousins. And then, you know, I swear, you know, what did, what did our son fan expertise say about Isaiah Thomas when we first, when we got him? You called him a ball hug. A ball hog. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Takes a lot of shots. If we got a guy who can jack up shots and make them on the Celtics, are you kidding me? That's exactly what we need. And I think that, uh, I also think about the Brad Stevens uh, portion of the whole deal. It's going to, it's going to work for our advantage in the long run. And hopefully, they, Danny Ainge sees this and gets the big man. And then next year, I mean, this year, he's going to help. Next year, 
with Sullinger and the addition of a big man, I think it could be, I think it'd be huge. Joel, do you think this move stunts uh, Marcus Smart's growth as a player, or do you think it can make it better? It could be a little bit of both, actually, because um, who's if, your starting point guard right now? If I think I, I personally think Smart should stay in the starting lineup and let Thomas come off the bench because Thomas is that versatile of a player that he can he can do either or and he doesn't affect his game as much. Gee, that's the thing. I don't think he's ready. I, I still don't think Marcus Smart is ready to be the starting point guard of this team. I mean, I think Thomas will he was strengthening either the the starting lineup or the or the bench. Remember now that Sully's gone, uh, Bass is he's going to stay permanently in the starting lineup. Right. And when Ona comes back, if Ona comes back anytime soon, he's still going to come off the bench. But for right now, your only your only offensive scorer in the in the in the second unit is is Tyler Zeller. So if you put Isaiah Thomas on that second unit, and he comes in, and, he, and his only job is to score. That's a that's a great that's a great one-two punch, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I feel like right now, uh, right now, Thomas has to be your starting point guard because, as as you saw in that fourth quarter against the Sacramento Kings, the, the Celtics when when Evan Turner's not going, not getting it going, and um, not to discredit Bradley because he had a good game going as well, but when you don't when you have Bradley as your only option for for buckets. You need someone like that, whether it's in the backcourt or in the frontcourt, to, to deliver, to, to give you, you know, 10, 12 points in that second half or, or you know, in that fourth quarter, the last five minutes of the game. You need someone that's going to be, you know, have enough balls to take shots, you know, and not to say that Marcus Smart doesn't, you know, doesn't or not to say Marcus Smart is afraid to take those shots, but I'd rather see Isaiah Thomas taking those shots. And I think Isaiah Thomas is a player who we all know is capable of being a 20 points or, or above score, especially in the Eastern Conference. But with Isaiah Thomas also, whether he starts or, or comes off the bench, he's going to be in the fourth quarter. He's going to be that player that exactly. not only he's going to get you buckets because he's, he's a slasher as well. He's not just a shooter. He's a slasher. And before he came and before the trade, the only slasher shot in the fourth quarter type of guy we had was Turner. And right. like you said, Turner's not on. No one else is yeah. taking the. No one else is going to take it to the basket and get and get and, and get look to get to the free throw line. Right. And now you have that person, and that's someone that the Celtics haven't had in, in pretty much since Paul Pierce left. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone that's not. It's just going to just give you buckets, mm-hmm. whether it's going to the hoop, shooting, shooting outside shooting, or perimeter shooting, or mid or mid game shooting, mid range. Sorry. Yeah. Then. Those are those are the options that 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 Thomas brings to you. Those yeah. are like the the, the yeah. abilities and the tools and I, he has. I think that it's it's tough to look at the starting position, right, and say, okay, what are you going to start, Isaiah Thomas over Marcus Smart? I mean, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see a lot of lineups that have. Um, <laughs> did anyone hear that? Sports yeah, yeah, we heard. It. No, <laughs> Continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway. Did someone crash? Uh, I know, some, somebody crash on the NASCAR that circuit there? <laughs> no, I'll tell you exactly what it says. It says, uh, go by Patrice Bergeron. I got the Bruins update. Oh, okay, all right, that's cool, that's nice. cool, yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right so, great, uh, good. You no, know, it's one sport I care about. I think you're going to see a lot of Marcus Smart and um, Isaiah Thomas playing on the floor together because I think they offset each other pretty perfectly. You know, when you look at I, um, Avery Bradley playing the two guard. I mean, you're looking at a guy who can be offensive, you know, offensive-minded, but really, when, at the end of the day, Avery Bradley's strengths are as a defensive player, which is the same as Marcus Smart. So I think you're going to see a lot of Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart maybe fighting for a lot more playing time when the Celtics need, uh, you know, that 
in the in the third and fourth quarter, I think Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart are really going to be fighting for the playing time when Isaiah Thomas is going to be in there. Well, you know what? You know what else too that uh, I don't think a lot of people have brought up. He's that uh, Isaiah Thomas is an underrated playmaker as well. And before the trade, you're only technically your only playmaker that this, that that Brad Stevens had in his offensive lineup was uh, Evan Turner, right. not Marcus Smart. Yeah, Evan, Evan Turner may not see a you know may not see big minutes in the fourth quarter anymore. I mean, he's been money this year so far, but wait, is I I think actually now. I think, you're going to look at the team and you're going to say, give the ball to Isaiah Thomas? Are we, yeah, uh, are we yeah. going there? Are we doing that at the fourth quarter? At this point? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, no, no Sully? You have no Sully now. Well, that's my point because I, th- I feel like Thomas, that, that's exactly why I, I think Thomas should be your starting point guard. I don't, I don't think Smart is, is a, a traditional point guard. Not yet. I think he will be. He will develop into one. But like you said, Joel, he's not a playmaker. Okay, he's a he's a no, guard no, stopper. No, playmaker. Marcus Smart has many things that he does well. He is not a playmaker. Right. Yes. Yes. He's a guard stopper. He's a decent shooter, which he's he's proven this season at his position, and he's only going to get better. But I don't think he's ready to be your starting point guard. I don't think he's ready to be your playmaker. But yet. I think I think in uh, depending who you play against, because you know you, you want, want him, him to game. develop. You want him in the game. You want him to develop, and yeah. depending, uh, you know, remember, and I, all I can remember was the Wizards game in, uh, earlier in the season when they were playing in at, Washington. At Washington, yeah, at yeah. Washington, and you kept Rondo out, mm-hmm. and Smart like pretty much brought the Celtics back. Like yeah. in, in a situation like that, yeah. you would see Smart more in 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 the, in the fourth quarter now. But I think I think Smart for the time being, uh, probably until Thomas gets a couple games under his belt, I think Smart still. It's going to start, but you'll have more Isaiah Thomas in the fourth quarter than the market smart. It'd be, it's well, yeah, kind of like... I think, I think that, I mean, you don't see Marcus Smart in this game too much, too often right now, you know, but I think that you're going to see a lot of three-guard lineups. I mean, Isaiah Thomas could, I mean, you know, okay, Evan Turner has been good late in game, last shot situation, but... If you're looking for an ideal three-guard lineup, when you put Bass, I would call Sullinger, RIP, you know, but if you're putting Bass in there with with Kelly or with Zeller, you're looking at the best three-guard lineup you have as Thomas, Bradley, and Smart. I think that's going to turn into the end of the year. You know, I think they're going to do that. I mean, you look at uh, Marcus Smart can easily guard a two-guard, and then you're going to ask Bradley to guard some, you know, a, a, a small forward. If it's on LeBron, it's all right. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that that is what sort of, you know, Brad Stevens loves the small ball. And uh, Isaiah Thomas being 5'9 is going to fit right into Brad Stevens' offensive scheme, defensive schemes, and basically the lineup as a whole. So, I think you're going to see. I, I, I would be surprised. I would be absolutely surprised if you saw um, Isaiah Thomas picking up some sort of three ball, I mean, um, a six man lineup instead of being somebody out there that should be, you know, be the third starting point guard or third starting backcourt person on the team. So, hours after the trade was announced, um, the Celtics found out that uh, Jared Sellinger was was going to be out indefinitely. He's going to head. He was going to head back to Boston and um, have his foot checked out, his left foot, and find out, you know, what was going on because he, he felt some pain um, right well, during, during the All Star break. Um, Sully went to Boston Sunday morning and found out that he's going to be out for the season due to a, a left 
Meta metacarpal uh, stress that, fracture. No. Stress fracture, fracture. Correct. So that now that Sully is out, what does that say about the Celtics' chances of making the playoff? Despite having a light schedule compared to other teams in the Eastern Conference, do the Celtics still have a chance to make it, or does this demolish their hopes? What do you think, Tuja? Yeah, it's me. Oh, gotta bring that up. Oh, dude, I, I, it just man. happened, man. <laughs> bro, bro, that's that's yeah. like it's big news right now, right? I, I love I love how I love how everybody in South, I mean, including me, saw the trade of Isaiah Thomas and was like, "This is awesome. We're gonna nail, we're gonna nail the HD. Doesn't even matter." And all of a sudden, less than two hours later, oh, Jared Sullivan has a as a stress reaction. Mm. I've never <laughs> seen anything called a stress. Reaction. <laughs> Me neither. Well, isn't that like this? Isn't that the story of the season, though? Like, or what? Because no, it was they didn't tell us, and I and that gave me hope to say, a, he's gonna be back. B, I'm not gonna drop him on my fantasy basketball. <laughs> well, isn't that like has that been the story of the season for the Southerns though? Like the Southerns had the it best stretch of basketball like back in December. Every- they had the best the best stretch of basketball back in December. Boom, Rondo's yep. traded. Jeff Green gets going, giving us everything he got, you know, playing the best basketball he's played all season, boom, he gets traded. You know, there's, there's always something like, something good's happening, the, the, other, the other shoe is always, you know, bound to fall. And it's legit, though, but, you know, with Thunder going down, and now he's out for the season, it's almost like, you know what, we all have, I was, and Clay and Joel, you both know, some the beginning of the season, I have been on this stuff that's going to make the playoffs parade. Just the beginning of the season. And this is the first time that I've thought, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know now. Because if you don't, if you lose Sullinger, it doesn't matter how many guards you have. It doesn't matter how many people you have that are, I mean, uh, you know, the, let's face it. The subjects are guard heavy. you got Marcus Smart. you got Avery Bradley. You got Isaiah Thomas now coming into the mix. You got I, I, um, Evan Turner. Where we lack a presence is in the front court. And when you lose your best front court player, and I personally think the best player, period, on the subject, you're going to have problems. And you you add Jonas to Rikpo, who can rebound, but Soldier being out for the season really puts a damper into the play. Yeah, especially for a team who's, you know, that's not, a, let's be honest, a great rebounding team. To lose your best rebounders is never good. We we had known for a while that Olenek wasn't going to come back until after the All-Star break. But now that this has happened... We need him more than ever. We need him more. We need him back more than ever. Like, the Suns need him back yeah, more than ever. Olenek, and Olenek isn't the same player as Sullinger. I mean, yeah. he's not going to give you anything Sullinger gave. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right in that. I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, he's a front court president. He, he can score. He's offensive. He's a seven footer. You know, you, you can yeah. He's a seven footer that shoots outside shots, which is part of Sullinger's game. But I mean, we all know when Sullinger's balling, he's on down low, taking rebounds, offensive rebounds, and he's putting them back up or he's getting the ball down in the post. That's when you know Sullinger was on the game. And you know, this is this is a, this could be a bad thing because you know when people come back from injuries, and it's a Sullinger's second NBA injury thing. You know, I'm a little worried about what we're going to get next year from this guy because, you know, you look at him and he's already been settling for the three-point shot. Is that going to be more of a part of his game now that he has a, you know, he's recovering from a foot stress fracture? Well, that's one thing I was thinking about. I was thinking that that, that maybe his, his back one, first, you know, when that was the initial injury in his career, 
that maybe that was the main reason why he started shooting threes more often. Maybe he didn't want to hurt his back more, or he was just you know insecure about going into the paint. And then now with the, with the foot you know fracture, it's going to be even you know maybe going to be even more paranoid to get himself in the paint now. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year. And we, I guess at this point, that's all we can say. We have to wait till next year and then reevaluate Sander all over again. But then we were just talking about Brad Stevens and the, the small ball, right? What if now this team is going to be more running, a running team than ever, right? What yeah, if you, what I, if you throw, down that. yeah, what if you throw now that Baz is not going to be traded? Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be with us, be with the Celtics for the rest of the season. You put him at center. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe hell. Maybe you put Turner in at the at the four. Well, well that's a style that Olenek plays well in. Yeah. You know, you can put Olenek in that line. He runs the floor well. He runs that the floor well. That should probably be your front court. Actually, arguably, our best big man who can run the fast break is right. Zeller. Zeller, 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 yeah. yeah right. You're right. right. Or, or you put, or you start, you start putting Zeller back in the starting lineup too. But see, that's the thing now. We're back. We're back to you know, you know, November. Yeah. With mixing lineups and yeah, doing yeah. combinations, you know, that that oh, Brad yeah, Stevens has to do. If you think that. He could even have Thomas and Smart start and have Bradley at the three or even Smart at the three. So what do I do? That's what Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley in the backcourt, and I just start Brandon Bass and Tyler Zeller. And then have Olenek come off the bench because um, I think Olenek is... Uh, I wrote about this in our in our grades, but Olenek is... I thought with, with, if Sollinger could play, if we had the full lineup going into the... Uh, all-star break as we have coming out, I thought Olenek was going to absolutely fly with a 20 minutes a game, you know, uh, 20 minutes a game, we're going to get about seven to eight shots out of you, you know, we want you to play some tall defense. I think that half the time, Olenek's not a starter in the NBA. I, I think I'm, I'm mm-hmm. okay with making that presumption. Yeah, I agree. And if he has to start the NBA, I mean, I've never like I've never like Olenek in the starting lineup for the Celtics personally. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. I mean, I I think that uh, you know this Jared Sullinger injury is going to hurt us more than anything. But you know, I hope that I hope that we can still fight through it because I'm not I'm not somebody that's going to be like this year. I don't care what happens. The draft is not that the, the draft is not crazy. It's a good draft. Which draft? It's a deep draft, but. I'm not going to say, oh, Jared Tellinger's down. You know what? Let's tank it. Let's tank it right now. No, I, I'm, I'm still rooting for them to go for the eighth spot in the East. Well, it's moments like this, you know, losing Sonja, where I can imagine someone like Dutra just wishes that Danny Ainge somehow pulled off a deal with DeMarcus Cousins, right? Dude, what the fuck oh, was no, up with that Twitter? What's no, up with that Twitter beef that you started with me on... on, on Friday night. Started with the Causeway Street. Uh, right, Twitter. right. Let me just say, to, you know, to all the listeners out there and all, everyone that follows, you know, Causeway Street on Twitter, that was me behind the phone on, the, on our Causeway Street account going back and forth with, with Dutra about seeing DeMarcus Cousins in a, in a Boston Celtics uniform. Hey, I'm not joking around. You watch this offseason. No, you watch Cousins. Did you see his attitude in that game? He was like a little crybaby. He was exactly. pissing and moaning. You know why? You know why? This is it. Guys, hear me out. The 
be on you'll be on my side during the end of this podcast. Okay? I'm listening. The market cousin likes stability. Anybody that is like that type of personality needs stability. Okay? If there, if you could name it the top five unstable franchises in the NBA, the Kings would be in that category. You can you can say whatever you want about George Carl taking over. You can say whatever you want about new ownership, signing free agents. I don't give a crap. Look at it. You go to three head coaches in one year, and you're going to tell me a guy like DeMarcus Cousins is going to be happy with that? No. Guess who got the most out of DeMarcus Cousins? Somebody that was truthful to them, John Calipari, goes to his home as he's a high school senior and says, Dan, you're a head case. I'm going to tell you this. You come play for me, I'm going to get you drafted in the first round of the NBA. All I want is one year. You come, and Mike Malone comes in and says, you know what, Marcus, I'm going to be here for a while. You play power forward for me, you got it. I don't know. I think that with the Vegas Celtics set up, Marcus Cousins is the perfect type of player that Brad Stevens can take and say, you know what, I'm signed here for a six-year deal. I can go many other places to Marcus. But I'm not. And Danny is not going to fire me. You come here, you play for me, you put up 25 and 10 a night, you'll be a hero in Boston. And you know what? We've dealt, as fan bases, we have dealt with many, many unstable superstars in this league. A la Manny Ramirez. Okay? If a team and a fan base can deal with Manny Ramirez, Ten years and not get upset with him until the tenth year and then trade him away. Yeah. That is what I'm talking about. The market cousins will be the new Manny Ramirez in Boston. Oh wow. You mark my words. Oh and man. We'll win a championship with the Marcus Cousins and Marcus Smart and uh and, you know what? And Brad Stevens. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna happen. Alright. First off, um I'm not gonna get started with the whole Manny Ramirez thing, like I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that one slide because there's no, there's no two Manny Ramirez supporters than these two right here talking to you right now. That's number one. Number two. Number two. Number two. I agree with you with the stability thing. Okay, I agree with you with that. Which is exactly why they hired George Carl. You think George Carl for a second is not gonna be like the moment he that cousins were to go sign somewhere else? He's not gonna be like, all right, guys, I'm out. I don't care. I signed a contract. I don't care. I mean, you want me here for the next four or five years, but I'm out. George this is part of. Can literally die in any second. Oh come on, really? That's messed up. <laughs> 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 I didn't want to go there. No, you, yo, no, you did want to go there. You did want to go there. You had that in your back pocket the whole time. You did want to go there. I did not. I did not. May the may the may the Lord strike you on His day for saying that. How dare you, Mister Mister Carl, Mister Coach Carl? Are you? If you're listening to this podcast, we do not support that statement that was just made. I can't repeat what was just said. All right, so so what are you saying? If that happens, then then they have to trade him. Is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> no, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, she's looking for stability. You're really gonna hire a coach who's been out of coaching for three years. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I think Demarcus Cousins, the, the situation Sacramento. If you ask me, you know, this is his last life, all right? This is this 
next season, this half season of this year, the rest of this season and next year, is what I'm going to call a trial period for George Carl and DeMarcus Cousins to figure out if they can work, if they can click, if he can get through to him, if he can get the best out of him. If it doesn't how work... Years, how many more years of George Carl coaching? How many more years do you think George Carl can coach for? If I, had to put a, if I had to put a number on it, three maybe? But when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins, I feel like this is a trial period from now until, let's say, I don't know, next... Uh, February or March of 2000 of 2016. This is the trial period, and if it doesn't work, they'll trade him. However, what are we going to give them that's going to make them say, "Okay, yeah, let's make a deal with Boston"? Especially now that Sonder is down, because you have to you have to imagine that if a deal does happen, Jerry Sonder has to be the the the, the piece that that's get that you know Sacramento says, "Okay, you give us a big, you throw us some draft picks, you throw us maybe a, a shooter or somewhere in there, a guard in there." And you have a deal. I thought the deal was going to be Sellinger, Smart, and well, okay. My my whole thing was I was going to include. Yeah, Sellinger's going to be in that deal, Sorry. exactly. Well, yeah. I thought it was the deal was Sellinger, Smart, and a couple draft picks for Sellinger. A couple? Okay. I thought you could put two draft picks and two first round draft picks. Yeah, but you, you think they're going to take Sellinger now? I mean, I'm, any team's going to be cautious I mean, of taking someone think, like Sellinger. He hasn't been healthy. I, I think if you're looking at it, and you put two first. Okay, let's see how this. Let's see how this George Carl experiment ends. Okay, because you're looking at a team that has Rudy Gay, Marcus Cousins, not much else, and and, and Carlson, Darren Collison. Yeah, Collison. Okay, okay. That, that's what George Carl has to work with. And you know what? If you're telling me, if you go to George Damn, Carl and you say, "Hey, we're going to get you Marcus Smart, who's a who's a baller," you know, if Marcus Smart, even if it, I'm not talking about anything. Right now, I'm talking about the offseason. Right, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Marcus Smart to make that leap. Uh, Jared Sellinger has already showed you what he is and what his, his potential is. And, you know, you can, I, I don't know. I think that, I think that the Marcus Cousins is going to be available for the right place in the offseason. And I, and I know, I absolutely know that if the Marcus Cousins is available, the Marcus Cousins is one of the reasons why Danny Ainge has stockpiled so much of these passes. Because he's one of the guys that you look at in the NBA. You tell me, you look at the NBA as a whole, and you tell me, give me the best player that is available. And you know who the first person that comes to mind that's the best player who may be available? Is the Marcus Cousins. I mean, I think the only way that the Marcus Cousins becomes a Celtics is if he's signed as a free agent. He will not, like... The, the Kings are not going to just fork him over, especially when I'm going. I'm going to you know go back to the whole George Carl thing because that's the I think that's the main reason why George Carl decided to sign with the Kings. It's like you have to promise it had me. Nothing that had nothing to do with the dollar sign. No, George Carl's made plenty of money. He's still making money with freaking ESPN or whoever he was working with before he he landed he landed in it. He's not about money. He's made his money in his career. He's about winning a championship. That's what that's what he wants. That's something that he's never done. He's made it to the finals he once in his in his whole in his whole career. He wants a championship, but he wants a championship. But but the Kings the Kings have money to sign free agents, and you don't think free agents don't want to go play for George Carl? If anybody is uh, uh, right now, if any coach that's a player's coach, like like they like don't have that much money. the Kings, how do you, how do you know the Kings don't have much money? The Kings have the Kings have loyal loyal fans who buy season tickets even when their team sucks. It's a great market. It's a great market. And they're building a new stadium. I think that George Carl is more of a 
I think he's more of a, you know what, I'm here to see what happens. You know, if, if if nothing happens, you know what, I will resign without getting fired. That's about it. I, I don't think that George Carl is going to keep DeMarcus Cousins in Sacramento. The NBA didn't think that Sacramento was a great place for, for, for the sports team. They would have been gone out of Sacramento a long time ago. Like, Sacramento is a place where players are going to want to play now, especially that George Carl is there. I don't know, man. I don't think it's. I don't think the only way the Celtics sign Demarcus Cousins is if he becomes a free agent, and I don't think Sacramento's gonna let that happen. That you know, without a fight. All right, we'll see what happens with Sacramento. Um, obviously, it's gonna be an ongoing thing. We'll see during the off season if they actually move him or or not. Either way, I don't. I don't. You didn't convince me, by the way. I don't know about Sway. Uh, I, I get what you're saying about the whole stability thing, and I I think you know Brad Stevens. Uh, how long is, was he in college for? Is that good of a you know coach, but. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, moving on, before we um, before we wrap up our show with our, you know, in case you missed this segment, uh, one thing I want to touch upon was um, the, the possibility of, of uh, Ray Allen's retirement. Uh, what does that mean for his legacy in Boston? What does that say about, you know, him possibly getting his number retired? Um, I, for one, think that Ray Allen um, will be remembered as one of the greatest Celtics, in my opinion, especially as a shooter. He's obviously the greatest three-point shooter of all time. And um, his, his five years in, in Boston – are gonna are, are not gonna be forgotten. You know, he, without him, he doesn't win, We don't win a championship. Without him, um, we don't come close to winning a second one. And um, he was a huge piece, obviously, to to the Celtics um, winning their seventeenth title. Um, Ducha, you. I'm gonna ask you first. What do you think his chances are of uh, getting his number twenty up in those Raptors? Whether it's you know within, within the next ten years or the next fifteen to twenty, does it happen? Do we see number twenty in the in the Raptors in, in, in TV Garden or whatever they call it in 10 to 15 wow. years from now. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see, I think we'll see Ray Allen go up when it's like, you know, uh, flyingcar.com or whatever. <laughs> like, when, when we're old and gray? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all going to be in the American Hall and be like, yo, baby, let's get us some tickets for the Ray Allen, you know, uh, retirement party. But <laughs> I'm glad, I, I, first off, I want to thank you for asking me before you asked Joel because... Uh, oh, no, we had to save the best for last. You know, we got to ask Joel last because yeah, that's going to be an entertaining answer. Oh, by the way, so in this in this scenario, if you know, if we're all, you know, old and gray going to see uh, Ray Allen's retirement ceremony, does Joel say Ray Allen for the first time in what's going to be, I don't know, 25 no. years or so? No, Joel, okay, this is a scenario. Me, you, and Joel... Are all in the same nursing home. And <laughs> Ray Allen, Ray Allen is freaking getting retired. He's not going up. Joel so just goes to the nurse. He's like, "Hey, can you just end it? Can you just end it? I'm done. I'm going. I'm 97 years old, and I've seen enough. So I'm just gonna end it at that point. But I'm saying, you know what? Fuck it." Uh, yeah, retire his damn number. I don't care. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. And I think you're going to see a lot. I, you know, actually, okay, you know what? Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I'm listening. Here, Pierce and Garnett will get their number retired almost immediately after they retire, right? I think that Allen is going to be more of a Cedric Maxwell type of time. Okay. And, you know, somebody that... He's not going to have any fun in the I mean, Cedric Maxwell, he was a great player. He won championships. He probably shouldn't have been retired. I mean, it's very tough to get rid of the number 20. I mean, 
and put it up there. I'm, I'm a little torn on it. I mean, first off, I thought that no, it wouldn't happen. But now that I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking that the Celtics are going to go through a rough patch. I mean, all teams do, and we've seen the Celtics go through rough patches all the time. And you know what? They need to sell tickets one night. You know what? Cool. We're going to put Ray Allen in the after, in the round because there's plenty of fans around that would like to see that happen. So if I had to put a percentage on Ray Allen getting his number retired, I put it at about 7.5%. Not 8? 7.5? I'm giving 7.6. See, if you would have asked me this a couple of years ago, I would say no. See what already happened, Clay? I was right with you. A couple of years ago? Right. No, actually, okay. Time when went by. Traded, when, they tra- when Ray Allen left, and, and and we had the season of the new big three of Rondo, Garnett, and Pierce, I would have told you no. Absolutely not. Ray Allen's not going to number retired. But now that it's been a few years, it's at 7.6%. Right. At 7.6%. Yeah, I just feel like he's, you know, he's just part of that, the, the quote-unquote, the new big three. You know, the, that whole, uh, you know, putting the, those three together. They won a championship the first year. Uh, you know, the, the, the next big three after Bird, Parrish, and, and McHale. I just feel like you can't, because obviously Pierce and Garnett, no question they'll be up there. So I feel like because he's he's so part of that, part of the, 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 the trio, and because of his, you know, how how big of a player he was in the NBA as a, just as a player himself, I think that eventually he gets it, but it's gonna be years after Pearson Garnett get theirs retired. Um, that that's my that's my prediction. Joel, what do you think? Let's hear. Before you start. Yeah. Go ahead. Remember, children may listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep it PG. And before you start, there's one thing. There's there's a couple things I love in life, but. Joel's hate for Ray Allen is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a, you know, it's a, it's a few things that I, I can say that I hate in this oh, world. Oh, he's backpedaling now. No, I'm oh, not backpedaling. Oh. I've never said I, I've never said I, I've never said I, I've never said I hate, I've never said I hate the guy. I just, like, I don't, I just don't, I don't care for him anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. For lack of a better term, I don't fuck with him anymore. That's <laughs> just, it's just how it is. Well, well, one thing I'll admit, though, one thing yeah. I'll admit, when I look, when I think about Ray Allen, it's almost like two different players. Like when he went to the Miami Heat, it was almost as if like I don't. When I think of the Ray Allen in the Celtics uniform, and I know it sounds kind of obvious, like you don't think of this, like it's almost like he 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 wasn't the same guy. He's a different person a than when you went to Miami because it was almost like when you put him right next to uh, LeBron James and, and Dwayne Wade, it's just like. It's like you didn't even recognize him anymore in that Heat uniform. You know, you didn't recognize the same guy that, that used to, you know, hit the big shots at the end of the game for the, for the Celtics. So it's almost like he was a different player. And that guy, I think, will eventually get his, get his number retired. You know, the, the guy who wore, who wore green and white instead of, instead of the Miami player. It wasn't the fact that he just, like, he went to the Miami Heat. It's the, it the way he did it. Went to South Beach. It was like... How long he took to do it? Not only that, not only that, not only that. Just, like, after. It's one thing to just be like, all right, guys, I'm out. It was great while it lasted. Boom. I would have had more respect for him in that, in that sense. But for him to go out the door and be like, oh, you know, I had problems with Rondo. You know, Doc didn't want to start me anymore. He started, you know, messing up the plays for me. The trade rumors. Yeah, yeah you know, all these trade rumors and stuff like that. It's like, you know, be honest with yourself, right? You don't want to be honest with everybody else? Fine. But be honest with yourself. Like, you got... Exactly. You were hurt not because of the trade rumors. You were hurt not because of the trade rumors. You were hurt because you weren't a starter anymore. Mm-hmm. That was the bottom line. And that's fine. Everybody has an ego in this in this league. Everybody has the right to be... You have the right to have an ego because of what you've done. 
That's perfectly fine. But say that. Mm -hmm. Don't freaking, you know, make it seem like it's everybody else's fault and not yours. That was my whole thing with him. And it still is. It's been three years. And, like, and even if and even if the Celtics would have been like, oh, let's try to bring him back. I, no, fuck it. I don't want, like, I, that, that's done. Okay. Celtics pride, like, as a Celtics fan, number one. Like I know we we write we're 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 a blog site and we try to stay neutral in the situ in certain situations. But as a Celtics fan, I learned that Celtics pride is you put yourself last and the team first, right? If at any point, yeah, yeah. and at any point, you know Larry Bird or Rory Parish or Kevin McHale, any one of those three were like, I'm out. You would have never heard. Oh. Larry had beef with, with Robert. Yeah. Or Robert had beef wow. with Kevin McHale. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Or, or like, they couldn't stand Casey Jones. Mm -hmm. Or they couldn't stand who this or who this or whatever. That's why Cedric Maxwell didn't get his number retired for a long time. Mm -hmm. He just kept talking shit. <laughs> he just couldn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, as a team, right. like, you're supposed to keep that in-house. Right. Anything that happens, you keep mm -hmm. that shit in-house. Mm -hmm. That's what a team is about. But the, Walter Walter Ray is from the fucking nineties. He's from the old school. He's from the old school. You keep that shit in house. So Allen disrespected in boots. Is that what you're saying? He just, he's disrespected not only in boots, but he's stuck, he disrespected Celtics pride. He's disrespected being a Boston athlete. He disrespected like a bunch of shit. Like you, 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 he just like <laughs> you broke the code, bro. You know what I mean? Well, you, I, I think this. I think this is a good day you know what I mean like you broke like you broke the code it's therapeutic for Joel right it's therapeutic I understand where you're coming from now I'd like to get all the fuck like you feel you get me now right like it's like it's not like it's not I don't I don't hate the, I don't hate the dude I don't if I would see him down walking down the street I wouldn't be like yo I'm, I'm gonna go and like kick him in the face no like it's like alright that's 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 that guy I remember I remember him but yeah you you made me feel like I could go to, you know, college, get my PhD, and be a strength real quick. <laughs> you, you, got it, you got it out of him, man. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but at this, but at the same time, right? Back to the old, the old big three. If at any point when they couldn't beat the Lakers at certain in certain seasons, then any one of the three of them decided to go join the Lakers yeah. and not try to beat them. Like that's just. Are you kidding me? That's you fucked up. Yeah, like. I anybody are you kidding me if okay you know what let's take it back a notch before the big three imagine instead of Paul Pierce being loyal to the Celtics and, mm -hmm. and, and, and hey, if we had any other general manager at Danny Ainge which people do not give him credit for Paul Pierce would have been a fucking like yeah you know if, if, if yeah. you didn't have a guy that lived in the Celtics and that's right there's a lot of people that hate Danny Ainge but when Paul Pierce was our only player for those three to four years, he could have traded him away any day he wanted to. Yeah. But he realized he had something he needed to build around. And, and you know what? Well, Paul never asked for a trade. He never asked for a trade. Well, he never, he only never asked for a trade. But you know, Sway, you know, and Joel, you both know that since seventh season, the clock was ticking. Everybody, all national media said, trade it at. Yeah, Trade absolutely. Right. Start over, rebuild, you know right. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Hey, you know what? Joel, I understand what you're saying, but Ram was part of the solution, not part of the problem in Boston. 
So I'm gonna give him a pass, and you know what? He's gonna be the third wheel on that on that train, but I'm okay with that. No, that's a good point though, because Paul Pierce, I feel like Paul, he was one, you know, he was a. Uh, Get me out of here, away from being from being traded. If Paul Pierce says I want to be traded, then he would have been traded. He would have been gone. But he, he stayed loyal, and he, yep. he stuck with it. Okay, right. I feel that. So then, so then, to get back to the original question, uh, do I think he deserves to get his number retired? Ask me again in fucking five years. Yeah, wait, I'm, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't think. Ask me again in five years because I'm not. Because right now it's like because it was only five years. Think about it, right? Only five years. Final two finals appearances. Uh, three Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Uh, you, you know he broke he broke the, the three point record. He's you know passed Reggie Miller, all that good stuff. Great. Did you God. write his announcement ceremony to getting his number retired? <laughs> Would I write it? <laughs> I think you just wrote it right there. That was the preamble. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you mentioned Cedric Maxwell getting his number retired, but Cedric Maxwell was not only you know not only the you know, win a championship like, like like Ray did, but he was the Finals MVP. You know, so that was, was the Finals. He was the Finals MVP, and you know what's unfortunate is that you would probably look at Cedric Mansell right now as not having his number retired if he wasn't involved with the Celtics broadcast. Thank you. That's yeah. another thing I was gonna bring yeah, up. That's true. He that's works for the exactly. Celtics. Yeah, that's why it doesn't happen. He, he is, works for the he Celtics. Was by the Celtics. You know, they, like you know what? they traded that. They got him out of town. I mean, I'm just saying that. Kenny Graham is going to look back on this and say, you know what, I want one of my numbers to tie in Boston. And I think that if the same if the same ownership goes 10, 15 years without a trophy, they're going to look back and, dude, you may even see James Posey's number again retired. You never know. <laughs> no, because, I mean... You, you, you look you look at someone like Danny H who helped the Celtics win multiple championships. He still doesn't have his number retired. And he is the GM of the yeah. team. So yeah, I mean, this dude, this dude, this dude that we're talking about right now, five years. He only played five years. You know what I mean? Like the big, the original big three. They were like, let's take another crack at it every year. Another crack. Even if they didn't win the title, right? Even when they won the title, it's like we're going, we're going for, we're going for multiples. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep this. We're gonna keep this thing going. Even even Danny H, as much as Danny H just criticized. Uh, Red Arbag saying, you know, for for saying that, oh, they he he, the big three lasted way too long, but like that's what Celtics pride is all about. And this and Paul Pierce, you can't deny that Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett they don't wanted this to last forever, for as long as it could could have lasted, and it could have lasted longer had this douchebag right. not decided to go away. Here's what here's my here's my proposition right now. We have a special podcast for who gets a statue versus who gets a number retired. Out of the big three. Yeah, we could do that. We'll, we could spend a whole episode on that, absolutely. I mean, we spent like just about 20 minutes on this whole conversation about Ray Allen. Uh, legit, though. You just brought up Danny A's not having his number retired. He's going to get his number retired. He is. It's going to happen. You know that 44th is going to be won if he wins another championship. So, I mean, well, Tyler's, then Tyler Zeller needs another uh, number. You know that, though. You know, I mean, so there's a lot that can happen. And, uh, I know Joel Allen and the big is Ray Allen fan, but you know. Number five and number thirty-four. Maybe up there. It's been weird to see that happen without number twenty. All right, we've uh, talked about a lot today, so we're finally gonna wrap this up and put a bow on it with how we end every single podcast with our "In Case You Missed It" segment. And uh, Joey, can you can you tone it down a little bit now? I'm good. Joel's I'm good. Fired up I'm now. good. I'm good. I'm good. I thought I thought I handled myself pretty well. Don't swearing in the "In Case You Missed It." All right, what did we miss? 
Uh, well, Kevin Garnett, speaking of uh, getting numbers retired and going back home, so to speak, is he's a he's a Timberwolf once again. Yeah, and great story. You people like people would think that oh, he's just gonna finish the last thirty games or so of his career, and he said that he wants to play one more season. Yeah. So okay, this is that's a great story. It is. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the stories where he used to uh, he used to tell when he was a rookie or in his first two or three seasons and the relationship that he had with Sam Mitchell. And how Sam Mitchell has gone on record to say that without Kevin Garnett, he doesn't think he would have played those final two to three years. And that Kevin Garnett was the guy who kept pushing him and kept, you know, keeping him in shape, keeping him in, you know, in the gym. I think now he's going to be that guy for, you know, for, for Wiggins and, and for um, Levine. Uh, Levine and, and Pekovic. And, uh, Rubio. And, you know, Rubio, especially, you know, a player like Pekovic, who he can, you know, work with and, and really polish his, his skills mold inside the paint and mold him into a... Uh, a great player who, who I think he is. Well, right now he's a good player. Could be a great player, uh, Pekovic down low. So I think it's a great story. I think Minnesota must be pumped. I mean, what do they have to lose in this, in this situation, in the scenario besides Thaddeus Young? Thaddeus Young. <laughs> who they fought so hard to get. Right, they fought so hard to get, but hasn't really, hasn't hey, shown, young hasn't shown much since, since, you know. Of course you are. It's just... <laughs> No, I mean, uh, it's great. It's great for the organization, obviously, and I think he'll end up probably being like, it's some sort of higher higher up once his playing days are are complete because then next year would be his twentieth season, right? Right. So yeah. that's did a great way else, to end it. Did anyone else hear that and say, okay, I think this is Minnesota's way of trying to like steal his Hall of Fame bid, like going in as a Timberwolf? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, because he, he goes in as a Timberwolf. Not only that, that his yeah. that, the first going to be the first organization that retires his number. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna be the Timberwolves. But, but I think, but I think before the trade happens, you could have looked at it and said, "He'll go in a Celtic or Timberwolves." You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I feel like the organization, like they, like finally, like forgave him, so to speak, even though he it wasn't his choice to, you know, to well, get I traded. Think, I think it was Garnett that had to forgive that. You know what? I'm, I'm tired of being on an Atlanta housewife, so I'm not, I'm not dealing with it no more. Everyone's getting the number retired. I'm just gonna. We're going to go to be an American, American parent nowadays. Everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> everyone gets, everyone's <laughs> a winner. <laughs> everyone gets a winner. Hey, that's what I want to see. I'm done, I'm done with the That's what I wanted Boston to do in about a year or two. Bring home, you already know yeah, what I'm going to say. Like, bring home Paul Pierce, man. Bring home Paul for at least one more season. Hopefully we're relevant within a year or two. I would like to think so. Bring Paul back next year, man. Bring Paul back. Let him finish his you know, last season or two in Boston. And ride out into the sunset. You know, what, what do you do when you when you watch NASCAR? Besides drink beer, what is it? What else? What, whatever it is you do. I know you're not grilling. Back to it. Literally, I'm, I'm I'm trying to um, drink as many beers as I can without taking um, a leak too. That, um, that's impressive. Oh, you haven't gone to the bathroom once within this almost a uh, was it a hour, one hour show that we've had jam packed Causeway Street uh, podcast. All right, Ducha. Well, record. I gotta say this: Matt Kenseth, my driver, he crashed early. I've been all right since. All right. Well, I'm glad. Hey, Joel. Yeah. Love everybody out there listening to the Causeway Street. And, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be trying to fight this cell injury injury together. <laughs> All right, man. Right back at you, Sounds bro. Sounds good, Dutra. Everyone out there listening, thank you for tuning in. That's been our Causeway Street podcast episode number 14. 14. Oof, thank you for saving me there, man. No problem. I was going to say 12. 14. No, no, 14. Episode 14 is Moving a wrap. Uh, check us out, obviously, on Twitter. If you're not following us already, at Causeway Street. You can uh, follow us on Instagram, at Causeway Street as at well. Causeway Street, man. It's the same. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed, man. Facebook.com <laughs> backslash at Causeway Street blog. Later, guys. Good show. <laughs>